lovely listener. I hope you're doing well. I've been getting a little bit stir crazy, but thankfully I have you and I have people to talk to, like our guest today, who is single-handedly the best designer that I know. I wouldn't have made it for university without this person. Billy, a industrial design grad from Jakarta, Indonesia. And we were able actually to record this episode around Indonesia's 75th um, Independence Day. So happy Independence Day to Indonesia, and let me dial you into our conversation. And that came off so sultry that, like, the girl, the girl was just, like, laughing so hard. And then he was so ashamed about it, and then he told me about it, and I literally burst out laughing to the entire class. And everyone was just, like, looking at us, like, what the hell is there, are these two talking about? And then, um, yeah, and then, but in the end, he, 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 um, you know, he cleared up that misunderstanding, <laughs> but it's all fine. Yeah, God, the things that your students tell you, man, is actually crazy. So, <clears throat> my name's Billy. I just got my temporary graduate work visa. Um, before that, I actually had a bridging visa. Bridging visa is basically, um, you know, a temporary visa that's been issued to you when your student visa expired, but you haven't received your, you know, temporary work graduate visa yet. But you just got approved, like, last week, which is nice. So, there's that. I'm from Indonesia. Um, I was born and raised in Jakarta, Indonesia. Uh, it's kind of safe to say that I grew up in a pretty comfortable environment. Um, ever since I was a kid, it was just like, you know, rainbows and flowers. You know, <laughs> life is good. <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid, I used to uh, move houses like a couple times. Not 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 that much, but mm-hmm. a couple times and. Um, but it was mostly, you know, in the same area-ish. And even all of my family knows everyone in the neighborhood. We all even go, like me and my siblings, we went to the same exact school. And even teachers knew me and all my siblings. So it was, it was pretty all right. It's pretty comfortable, small, um, you know, place. Uh, I was pretty much like a shy kid growing up. Um, Really? I never uh, would have think of you as a shy person. You're so talkative. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty, yeah, pretty shy because when I was, uh, when I was in school, I didn't have that many friends. I only had like a very tight knit circle of friends that mm-hmm. it just consists of like three, four people that I know of, and we just kind of like stop around to like you know from kindergarten to like sixth grade, and we pretty much became best friends, you know, and. Sadly, after sixth grade, only one person kind of like stuck around and he was pretty much like my best friend for life now because we've been friends for like, what, 18 years? Yeah. Um, and then after that, here comes junior high. Junior high was pretty, it was pretty, you know, it's kind of a turning point because I was kind of like forcing myself to like go out, you know, make friends and, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy the school life. And um, high school came and it was pretty much, it was pretty much the biggest turning point because, um, you know, I forced myself out of my, you know, got out of my comfort zone and actually made a lot, a lot of friends. Like, you know, in school that, you know, that one guy that knows everyone else and everyone knows them, but they're not really tied with them. They just kind of know them. Yeah. That's me. I know everyone. 
and everyone knows P, but we just kind of like that. We just cool like that. We're not that close. We're not that, you know, we're not that strange with each other. It's just kind of like that. That's me. And, oh, actually, in high school, I remember when I had my first crush, and um, <laughs> this is kind of awkward, but <laughs> basically, um, you know, my school runs with a lot of drama. So when I got my first crush, everyone was talking about me. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of got out of my comfort zone because a lot of people were just talking about me. They were approaching me and be like, yo, you that guy, right? And then I'm just going along with it, you know, just making new friends with people that um, know me. <laughs> and after that, um, pretty much when I graduated high school, um, I went to Australia. Uh, to study and um, Australia was probably a really wild decision at at the time because it's kind of like going abroad to a strange environment that I don't know anybody else but luckily my brother was there he was already Australia and he was already a citizen so he was just pretty much you know um, we're here for you and if you need anything just call us and then turns out he he actually invited me to stay at his house instead of, you know, um, going to a uh, student housing or like, like seeing like in, yeah, seeing in like a dorm or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was nice like that, and then I don't know, it's the whole unique experience for me. It was just um wild <laughs> because I've never experienced half of the things I experienced. What are some of the like things that you can think of that you've experienced that you that you wouldn't have experienced back in um, Jakarta? Okay, firstly, parties. Because parties in Indonesia, um, well, in any Southeast Asian country, you wouldn't, you know, high school party is pretty much people getting together and they bring food and they, they just chat, you know, they chat, play games or like play board games, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but parties here is definitely a new thing for me and the culture especially and like learning, you know, <clears throat> being in a board environment, you just have to learn english and it was kind of like a challenge at first because australian people have um a very you know distinct accent it's kind of hard to hear <laughs> um but going back to the to the party thing um it's very much new new stuff like you learn a lot of stuff you learn a lot of cultures you learn about um the people you learn about new friends you know you know pretty much you know i just learned stuff that i never learned about because you know in high school i watch a lot of um American TV shows, the actors play this this scene like a party or like prom or like, um, you know, stuff that normally wouldn't happen in Indonesia. And when I got here, I pretty much got all that. Well, except prom, but everything else I got. Well, they have their cool. for, yeah, they have their formal. <laughs> Sorry? Is it they have their formal? Because don't we have like a little dance thing that our uni does every, I've only like half paid attention to that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think, yeah, I think I didn't go to a formal per se, but I went to a party. It was very fancy, and I danced with a lot of people. And, yeah, pretty much, that, that was pretty much prom for me. It was pretty good. Because um, back in high school, we didn't have prom or graduation. Oh, we yeah. had this, um, yeah, we actually had a vacation instead. Oh, that's actually <laughs> and, better. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's, like, better or not, but... I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good to say, to say that it's actually pretty good because we pretty much shipped in like a lot of money mm-hmm. and then we just 
um, we hire like even event organizers and then one of the uh, class president she was just organizing the whole thing and she was you know volunteering for contacting a lot of people and eventually we put two and two together and we decided that we wanted to go to Bali. Well, it, it definitely wasn't as exciting as as your um, vacation, but like usually, yeah, we'll have like prom and then we'll have um, before then, we usually do like a big like senior trip and usually it's always like to the theme park. It is. Yeah. And so usually, yeah, that's what we like the school like pays for us and they like ship us like in buses and we all like go to like the theme park before um, our big like senior prom and everything. Ah, uh, I think, you know, I think it's uh, exciting on its own leak, but it doesn't hurt, I guess, to have a prom. You know, it's actually a pretty good experience, in my, in my opinion. I don't know, I just feel like I would like that more rather than going to vacation. Yeah, no, it was really, it was nice. I'm glad I went, because I didn't, I almost didn't go, because I was, I don't know, I was just kind of over it. And, um, yeah, so I was worried about my friends not being there, but the majority of my friends were dating people who were, um, who were in the year that I ended up being. <laughs> so uh, I was like, all my friends were there. <laughs> so it ended up working out fine. But, um, uh, yeah, no, we almost cool. didn't have it because, um, our new student, like, head, like, he didn't have his crap together at all. And, like, we had to hurry up and, like, raise, um, because a lot of the schools, like, you have to raise your own money to hold your prom. <laughs> and so like oh, we he, have the same thing oh really? oh yeah 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 because you have yeah. for your um your vacation the yeah vacation yeah, yeah. We, we, it was from our own pocket um because uh, i mean to be fair it was quite expensive because it was bali and the school only agreed to um they only agreed to like give us like um the funds to like send the teachers mm-hmm. and the funds to, like organize some of the things but they didn't send the funds to like you know pay for the tickets for all the students because obviously that's expensive but um in total i think we got like a lot of money and then we just bought like we just used all that money to buy the tickets first and then buy the accommodation and everything else we just pretty much redistributed for like the events that we're organizing when we're at the vacation in bali <clears throat> and um yeah that was, it's pretty pretty good i guess uh, and also too i didn't do this because it was it was a definitely pricier um, sometimes they'll do like a senior like boat ride like on the um, Potomac River, and so like you get like a nice like little boat area and everyone can go and like the nice dresses and all that stuff and like chill and like eat have a nice dinner like on this boat and everything. But yeah, that was the one thing that I definitely didn't. I think most people didn't do it because it was pretty it was pretty pricey to ah, go ahead and do that. But the Marriott Hotel though. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it was it wasn't that it just it had no air conditioning on the dance floor, so everyone was sweaty. Yeah, no, it was crazy. Like this nice hotel, like the view was beautiful. Like it was had no air conditioning, so we were all were just like drenched in sweat. Oh no, that's that's the worst. A dance party with no air con, it's just it's like a mosh pit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I want to backtrack a bit because um. I know that we've, if I remember this correctly, when you were trying to get your student visa, wasn't it like a pain in the butt to get it? Like, didn't it take a little bit longer than you expected to get your student visa? Or am I remembering this wrong? <laughs> um, When I got my student visa, it was actually, if I remember correctly, it was pretty smooth because there wasn't any like major global events happening. And Indonesia was in a good state. 
um, Iraq, we just elected our like uh, the president, and that president was like the guy who turned shit over. He was really good. His name is uh, Jeff Kowie. I'm pretty sure you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so stuff was good back then. My student visa was um, it came in on time. Um, mm-hmm. I heard it was. Uh, if I remember correctly, um, from my um, education agent, she told me that it was gonna come in like two months, and it came two months, so it was pretty alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what made you decide to choose like an agent? Um, I realized that if I wanted to apply to go overseas to like study, um, it involves a lot of process, a lot of things. So my mom just told me, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you just hire an agent? Like you already saved up some money, and you know, use that to like hire an agent now and save all the work for yourself." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that's a good idea. So um, we got an agent, and she's really nice. She was um, she works at she works in a mall, so we could just like visit her really often. I remember that she also gave me this um, suggestion, like a dorm suggestion, and she gave me a lot of like virtual tours of the uni. Yeah. And she was really nice. She was being so helpful with like the whole process. She pretty much just handled like, you know, the um, the paperwork. And what I did was just submit the paperwork, like give her documents. And then she tells me checkpoints, like I need to go to, um, I need to get this document next. I need to uh, finish this form next. And it was free. It was pretty much really smooth ride. So yes, um, we got an agent. And it was really, really worth it. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I agree. Like getting an agent just it just makes it easier if you don't want to. Yeah, deal it's with so taxes. much easier. Yeah. And then um, also, once again, I wanted to backtrack again, but I mean, like, why did you? I mean, because I know that you said that your brother was he's already Aussie citizen now, mm-hmm. but. Did you look at other countries at all? Or were you kind of, because I've talked to people in the past and a lot of people, especially with, we've talked a lot about loneliness and how that's such a big issue with like, you know, especially moving to a different country and kind of really trying to finding your group of people that really connect with. Was that something that was, was loneliness kind of a thing that you've ever worried about? Um, Yes, actually, I feel, I feel like that a lot, um, being lonely. But it's not a feel that, you know, it's not a feel that attacks me right away. It just feel that sometimes feels when I'm away with my friends, be it from, you know, my Australian friends or my Indo friends that mm-hmm. that I know. Um, but, yeah, I've actually been, I've actually, you know, considered Australia as my second choice because my first choice was, you know, United States. Because um, I actually wanted to go to New York School of Design, but uh, my dad said that it was way too far and... Um, you know, you don't know anyone there, so it's a little bit of a pickle. And I mean, I've had obviously have to like you know get a job right away, yeah. and so I can pay for my own living. And you know, it's just a really far place, and I actually know. Actually, I know a lot of people there. I don't know. Why I did. I just uh, say that. I actually, know a lot of people there, but I don't know people that could take care of me. I like, you know, my brother who's in Australia and already is and he could just, you know, if I ever need something, he could just, like, uh, hook me up. Yeah. But in America, I just know people. I just, you know, know people, but I don't actually know people who could take care of me. So it was kind of like a big gamble. My dad didn't agree to it. He gave me a talk. We discussed things, and eventually we just decided that Australia was a better choice. Do you have any regrets about that at all? Or do you think that Australia was kind of the better choice? Um, going to Australia is never never a regret, but I did have some regrets about the faculty I'm choosing. 
you know, I'm very familiar with like Western Western universities, especially in Australia or like you know in America or stuff like that.、Mm-hmm. And I kind of regret that going to the faculty that I'm going or not getting a scholarship when I could because it could have saved a lot of money. And I know that my, my parents is just you know very supportive. They、um, they actually paid for my whole tuition, so proud to that. But yeah, I just kind of feel like I could have done more, but I didn't. So. Sometimes it comes to me, but sometimes when I'm doing well, it's just you know I don't feel that. But sometimes when I'm down low, it came. You know, made a choice was kind of like you you can't sit there and dwell about it. Yeah, yeah. And then like you said, I mean, it could have been. I mean, still, still Aussie schools, they're still very good. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like you went to like a total. It's not that our school's、oh, a total.、Wait. Yeah, like a total waste. Oh yeah, of time. no, yeah. no, no. I don't regret things that I've done at uni, like the stuff that I do, like、um, you know the products, the designs, the projects that I've done. I don't regret every single one of them,、mm-hmm. but I do regret that I didn't do as much. Yeah, I could have done more, but I didn't. And then I wanted to go back to life in like Indonesia. Like, like what is? Can you give me like what is like a day to day? Would you say? Yeah. So.、Um, I'm just gonna take myself back three years because in 2018 I went back to Indonesia.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, my daily routine and、um, my brother has a kid, so I would just like play with Nafi in the morning, and we would go get noodles right across the street, like get breakfast,、mm-hmm. or sometimes we would go. We would just like you know in Indonesia we have this、um, like a mobile hawker stall, and they would sell like. Street food and they're really good.、Um, they go around the neighborhood in the morning and sometimes at night, and they sell a lot of things. Sometimes they sell like、uh, breakfast or lunch, or sometimes the one that comes at night sells like desserts, like you know,、um, uh, well, dessert stuff. <laughs> But、um, we would go get food that way. Like we would just call one of the hawker stalls and be like, "Hey, let's just order this." And after we eat breakfast, normally what I would do is、um, I would. Call my friends, like chat up, like, hey, you guys wanna meet up? We just like, you know, go out and then eat or like eat for lunch, you know, have some have brunch pretty much,、yeah. and just like go to malls, like look at stuff, and just like catch up with each other, you know. Yeah. And after that,、um, obviously, go back home, and that would end up around like three, four p.m. And back then, back home, I would just, I guess, you know, help with house stuff, like clean, cook. I don't cook really well, so my mom doesn't actually love me on the kitchen.、Um, oh, and here's the thing: like, I can actually go out a lot in Indonesia because、uh, I still have my scooter.、Mm-hmm. It's really, really okay. It, the thing is, in Indonesia, it actually has so many motorcycles and scooters around, so it's the most common choice of transportation that allows me to go literally anywhere on a. Ten or twenty kilometer radius of my house. Yeah, in like a couple minutes. So it's really neat. Yes,、um, it's not to be like bounded here by like the public transportation, or, or unless you have like a car. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some other times, you know, instead of、um, going out and catching with my friends, I would just call my friends to like come over to my house. We just have this.、Um, we would just like play cards, a board game,、mm-hmm. um, at, at the at the house balcony, and then you know just. Catch up like that. Other than that, I would just either go out or play games. And here's the funny thing: I would actually play games 
with them instead of you know just playing with myself <laughs> so the whole, you're still, the whole time you're still like with them <laughs> yeah so the, so the whole purpose of that was just catching up with my friends and what is like a favorite dish that you miss back at home favorite dish yeah. oh my god um I don't think I have a favorite dish because everything that I miss mm-hmm. is my favorite dish. Because <laughs> I have, I, I just like food. Like, if it tastes good, that's my favorite dish. Like, um, but that's, okay, in particular, what I had in mind is, um, like, a street food. Mm-hmm. Like, a bowl of chicken noodles. That's, like, the best thing that I could have had right now. Because, I don't know, maybe it's because lunchtime, because at lunch, I eat a lot of noodles. It's either noodles or, you know, rice with pork. That's, like, the best mm. thing. Oh, That's yeah, rice with pork is good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And, um, oh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but we have uh, this dessert. Uh, it's just literally shaved ice with syrup. It's, it's, the syrup flavor is, it's just sweet, but it's mm-hmm. called rose syrup. And you top it with, like, coconut shavings, um, like, fruits. And we have this kind of, like, weird dessert. Thing. It's like a ball made of ube, like ube, you know, taro. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, basically, it's made of that, and there's a lot of like, like the uh, the mobile hawker stalls that sell those. Mm-hmm. So sometimes at night, we just call one over and be like, "Hey, let's get some dessert." And then, yeah, that's that's pretty much like the three favorite things that I miss back home. Because like. I noticed about that's the thing I miss about America, and I would say when I talk to other people about this, is that like being able to like do more things at night. Because I feel like in Australia, when oh, it's nighttime, yeah. it's just like everything's dead, everyone's like asleep. Like, yeah, do you miss oh that too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like back home, um, I don't know about you know the life in America, but back home, people are still so energetic after nine p.m. They'd be like, "Yo, let's go out, let's eat something." I'm like, "Hell yeah, let's go out!" And then we would you know go out. You know, we we don't even, like, eat big foods. We would just get, like, you know, toast with, like, um, I don't know, um, a popular night food. Um, but the ones that I encounter the most are, like, toast. Like, the toast is pretty much, like, toast with butter, mm-hmm. um, chocolate sprinkles, cheese, and condensed milk. That's it. And it's really good. It just hits you right back home. And um, we just get that and, like, ice tea. And we just, like, you know, chat or play games. What? What? This section is about funny interactions, new lingo or sayings that we've learned, and confusing moments that we've had as we're making our way through our new home country. This week on... What? What? Mm, I don't know. Um, oh my god. Oh, Benjamite. God, that thing's so <laughs> gross. Okay, I'm probably... I'm pretty sure this is like a very common thing like people obviously know Vegemite but if you actually know what they're made of and you actually know what they taste like you'll be so appalled by it up to this day I still could not bear the smell or the taste is and it, what is it made out of again? I, I forgot <laughs> um, I think it's yeast extract or something um, I'm not entirely sure um, yeah I think it's yeast extract it's, it's just really thick essence of yeast extract and oh god i i live with my brother and my uh, sister-in-law mm-hmm. and they have two kids and they absolutely love it and it drives me crazy 
I know the they smell use, is so strong. Like to have that in the morning is like no. <laughs> they they do have a version called cheesy mite. Now mm-hmm. I can stand that one. It doesn't smell bad and it tastes cheesy, so it's it's okay. I could actually, you know, eat it. Um, but Vegemite itself, no. But my niece and nephew, oh my god, they love it so much. They could actually eat like a whole entire loaf, like a grilled cheese with Vegemite is just like really good to them. No oh, man, no, that is that is not my jam. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. It's um the leftover bu- uh, brewers um least extract. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, and also um, what's up with putting avocado and everything, man? I I don't know. Like it's such I I don't I don't I never like avocado. It's not my jam. So to me, avocado tastes like um, plastic flip flops. Don't ask me why. <laughs> why like, like plastic flip flops? That's I what like it tastes like. Av- to me. Yeah, because like I like avocado mm-hmm. as a fruit and as a drink. But um, the other okay, this was like a long time ago, I think. But I remember when I came to um, I went to this cafe right, and I went to get breakfast. Because I'm like, I forgot to make breakfast at home. So I just thought, hey, let's buy some breakfast. I went to this place and I ordered like toast and, you know, full breakfast, basically. And extra toast. And they served me this whole plate of delicious food, grilled tomatoes, beans, eggs, sausage, ham, you, you name it. Yeah. And they served me avocado. I'm like, wait, you eat this? You eat this for garnish? And my friend who was eating with me said, oh, yeah, you just eat it. Put it on toast. And then you just do whatever you want i'm like okay so i tried it it's not bad but i don't i would prefer if it's made on the uh, dessert section because um okay the only thing you should put avocado mm-hmm. in your like main course if if it's only been made into guacamole yeah i agree other than that i don't i don't really prefer avocado on like toast or stuff like that you know, I agree with that. And it's crazy how much they charge, too, for just avocado. You might as well just go buy avocado oh, yeah, and get ex- some bread. Yeah, the surcharge is crazy. Like, four bucks for, like, what? Four slices of avocado? Yeah, exactly. Like, or that are usually, is, is sometimes there's some restaurants, it'll just be, like, one. Like, one slice. And I'm just like, well, no. No. <laughs> no, I'm not going to pay, like, almost $12 for one slice of avocado toast. Uh, but, yeah, that's probably... Oh, yeah, there's probably like a thing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Okay, so I um, think this is like not long ago, mm-hmm. but I just found out that boot means trunk. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember when I was getting into a car with my friend, and he said, um, you know, just put your stuff in the boot. And I thought he was just going to like, you know, ditch my stuff and like drop it away. Mm-hmm. But I thought, are you serious? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like in the back. I'm like, oh, the back? You mean the trunk? Yeah, that. And then I was like, what the hell is all with this? Like the slang, man. Oh, yeah, though. The slang could be like, um, you had to buy some new like trash bins. I keep saying trash cans, and everyone's just like, cans? Like, what do you can- cans? It's a trash can. Like, I call it trash can as well. Yeah, or maybe just the bin, you know, just the bin. Yeah, uh, right now. But back then, I just call it oh trash can. Yeah, everyone's like, what? What are you talking? The- oh yes, I mean the bed. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> the bed. Oh, and um, sandals. Guess what they call sandals here? Songs. <laughs> oh God. When I first heard that word, I thought, I thought my friend, I thought, I thought my friend was so serious about me 
like wearing a fucking underwear and i thought i'm not going to wear that like i'm not I'm, like i'm not I'm, I'm not gonna do it and my friend thought that i was referring to an underwear when he actually meant sandals <laughs> and i was so mad that that day i i, I just gave so much shit about it to him up until he said like sandals and songs don't mix that up boys if you want to submit your what? What? Just a voice memo through Anchor. Leave a comment through iTunes or Alina Podcast on Instagram. Before I ask you these next set of questions, I want to share some recently released um, information regarding um, employment amongst temporary visa holders, which I'm going to share this is from the SBS News. A nationwide survey of more than 5,000 temporary visa holders, 67% of them on student visas, conducted by the Union's New South Wales between March and May, that was just recently released on Monday, found that 65% of respondents had lost their job, 60% of them, of course, once again, being international students, and 39% of them didn't have enough money to cover basic living expenses. 34% were already homeless or close to being evicted because they couldn't pay rent. Jeez. 23% were sharing their bedroom to reduce costs. And 62% of those who were sharing um, bedrooms were international students. 43% said they were also forced to skip meals on a regular basis. The Secretary of the Union's New South Wales, Mark Morey, states, Without support, we're driving them not only into poverty, but into exploitation. We've been encouraging you to come here. You've paid your taxes. You can't go home. So we're just going to abandon you. That's not what a country like Australia does. That's not our values. Another national survey conducted by the University of Technology of Sydney and the University of New South Wales shows financial hardship amongst the cohort of temporary visas is likely to worsen over the coming months, prompting a fresh push for the government to extend its job seeker and job keeper schemes for them. Associate Professor Lori Berg from the University of Technology, Sydney, said over half of our 6,000 respondents said in July that they thought that their financial situation would get somewhat or much worse in the coming six months. That was before the second lockdown in Victoria. Australia is a global outlier in its callous treatment of temporary visa holders in this country. Similar countries like the UK, Canada, New Zealand, Ireland have all extended wage subsidies to temporary visa holders. Over the coming months, Australia is likely to remain home to thousands of temporary visa holders, and we know from the Union's New South Wales report that they've been destituted from the very first weeks of lockdown and their situation is likely to deteriorate further. She lastly states that it's really incumbent upon the federal government to step up and provide support to those on temporary visas who lost their job, that were paying taxes, and making a huge contribution to the Australian economy. If the Australian government would like to extend their job keeper and job seekers to all of their temporary visa holders, it will cost them an extra $20 billion over the next six months. With this going on, mixed with how competitive the industrial design field is. It is very competitive. What is driving you to stay here? Is going back home a realistic option? Um, well, if I were to be um, you know, truthful with my end goal is to obviously get my citizenship because I know that industrial design is a very competitive and it actually doesn't exist yet in the SOL, so I could not, you know, apply for a citizenship right away with my current occupation. Mm -hmm. But however, if I get sponsored, it's a different story. 
but the whole thing is just I want to make a living out of it because I want to you know I don't want to give up, go back home and pursue another career. I just want to keep you know going through it. And I just graduated, so I have exactly I have absolutely no reason to just give up. Like that's just a, a weak move for me. Mm. It's definitely hard, you know, because of COVID and industrial designers aren't a job that you know it's like it's not like other faculties where you can get a job and you'll be in office work. And, you know, you, you could have, like, a very long contract of work. Industrial design work is mostly, like, contracts, and they usually end very quick, like, six months, a year. And if you're lucky, someone will hire you for a, maybe part-time or full-time position. But most of the work that I've experienced up till now are mostly contracts. It's definitely not easy, but I'm not, I don't want to give up right now. It's, uh, and I, like, I don't want to give up ever, period. Yeah, I just want to stay here because I've actually researched into the um, design market back home as well. Mm-hmm. And compared compared to Australia, the design market back home is not as, uh, how should I say this? Like robust? Bountiful. <laughs> Bountiful. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah, because um, I've actually done uh, design work for some people back home. And, mm-hmm. well, the commission alone is just way too little it's just definitely not enough like i could have done something three times the amount of the things that i do and i could just do it in one fell swoop in one single project instead of three single three individual projects back home because back home the design market isn't as developed people you know they wouldn't pay you as much as they would pay you here in australia and if i would go back home it's just pretty much suicide like with my degree right now I wouldn't be able to, um, well, I wouldn't be able to, like, make a living as well as I would right here. So that's another reason. And the, the final reason is just I like what I'm doing. Like, like, um, like sure, it's not, like, the best type of work, but mm. I actually do like what I'm doing. So I just don't want to, you know, go away and, like, scrap all this and start over. I think it's just a pretty good thing that, you know, you should have some determination. You should have like some little bit of, you know, both feet yeah. on on it. So you don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess what I'm saying is just, you shouldn't give up. That's it. <laughs> if you actually like what you're doing, you don't give up on it. Just keep doing it until you make it. Keep faking it until you make it, you know? Yeah, fake it till you make it. Yeah, because I mean, like, like you said, I mean, like, just because even if you went back home or even just like these international students that I mentioned and stuff, like, depending on a person's situation, like, it doesn't make the situation any better. <laughs> yeah, it literally makes it any worse. Yeah. And the hard thing is because I, I grew up in a little bit of conservative household. My mom actually wanted me to go back home just find work there. But luckily for me, my father thinks otherwise, so I could actually stay here. But yeah, um, honestly, the reason that I wanted to stay here is just the um, the living the living in Australia is just way better, and it's worth fighting for because I know that I'm not working in a full time job. I'm just pretty much just going in between jobs. But I think it's worth it, you know. Even though that I'm not there yet, I will. How is I have to? How is the living? Um better here in australia than compared to indonesia like in what way okay if i were to say uh living what i really meant was just the money that i get 
Mm-hmm. Is it enough for me to live by myself or is it not? And the answer is definitely not. In my current career field, if I were to go back home, get a job, like even a full-time job back then, I wouldn't be able to, <clears throat> I wouldn't be able to like live off by myself. I would still have to need some side hustle to keep me afloat. Mm. It's that bad. Because, um, but in here, you know, with just projects alone, with this contract that it's done with, you know, non-permanent positions, I could still live off by myself. The the the, the um the amount of money that you get is enough. Yeah, no, I agree with the, because even with um me going back to like America, like the, I would say the the living wage here and their their work culture. I really, I really, truly love their work culture here. Like in America, yeah. it's very like you work to death, and I don't feel like you really get to reap like from the benefits of m- too much. Yeah, because like, and in Australia, um, you know, I've actually applied to like probably hundreds now to like positions in like design companies, mm-hmm. and most of them actually have this benefit, like benefits like as if you're you know, um, an actual legit position in a company. And it's really good. Like, you get a lot of benefits. You get, like, paid leave. You get, like, paid sick leave. Yeah. And, you know, other stuff like that. And you get super animation. That's, like, fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, they really and, prioritize, like, you know, um, your own personal life. Like, they're very, like, you know, people have vacation. Like you said, people have vacation leave. They have, like, maternity leave. Like, they're very, I would say, when it comes to having your own personal life and doing your work, they're, I feel like they have a good balance here. Yeah. And oh, um, I remember that um, someone told me that um, I'm not sure if you noticed. Know uh, EA is a game company. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I remember that one of my friends told me that um, her friend worked there, and you actually get paid to go to movies. You actually get paid to like buy games because it counts as um, field research. Oh, wow, that's pretty sick. It's really sick. Imagine that, <laughs> and. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a benefit. Like, can you can you okay? Can you imagine the amount of money you could have saved alone from that? And if you're an avid gamer, like I would call myself an avid gamer because I spent a lot of money in games. Mm-hmm. But if you could save all of that money because your company provides you, that would be heaven. Like you would save so much money, you could practically you would have you know you would be in financial freedom. <laughs> Yeah, because like, don't most games cost like almost sixty dollars? Yeah, like um, yeah, and um, you know, obviously the game industry is also developing as well, and the price of games is getting more expensive and expensive on release. Getting paid to just having fun is pretty much cheating. Like that's a cheat. That's a real life cheat. That's like if you play the Sims and you enter the model low cheat. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you're doing something. You're helping your interests, and you're still being able to like play and have fun with it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna stay here, man. It's it's a good life. I don't want to throw it away. I don't want to start over. I'm just gonna keep fighting for it. And maybe, maybe you know, if um, if I made it here, mm-hmm. I would probably consider going other countries to like build something. Like to build what? Like, like um. Well, let's take an example. Um, back home, 
the design market isn't as developed as here. So mm -hmm. maybe I could make something like uh, like a design central hub. Like people just get around, like look for, you know, fresh talent or people that, you know, just definitely wants to get a job at a big company. They want to get big projects. You know, a hub like that, I reckon that would really, really, you know, help a lot of people mm -hmm. create a lot of uh, job opportunities. And sure, it's not an easy thing to make, but if I made it here in Australia, I would do something like that. And maybe it's not just even Indonesia, maybe I would go somewhere else. Have our little design hubs everywhere. That'd be really, no, I really like that. Because I mean, at least like you're, like you said, because you know how hard it is to even get oh, started. Yeah. So that'd be nice to help other people, like, you know, finally get their foot in the door. Because that, that's what you have to do. Like, you have to, like, it's so hard just to, like, get your foot, like, in there. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of, like, you know, um, coaching for, like, design field. Like, how to build your portfolio. How to uh, make your project look interesting. How to, you know, apply for jobs, apply for interviews, learn new skills. But they're a little bit too scattered, you know. We need something that's people know, people would easily access. Like, you know, some of the really good stuff that I've seen, mm -hmm. they're on Instagram. Like, who would actually go Instagram and scroll through a hundred of hashtags and find them? Like, nobody would. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> It, it's really hard to get really good sources, to get really good materials. So um, you just kind of like find what, like get what you find. And you just, you know, put them together and that's what you get. No, no, I never even, I honestly would have never even thought of Instagram. <laughs> like, yeah, like who would even think about Yeah, like who yeah. would even, like, that's another challenge. Like what if that person doesn't have access to like social media? What if that person doesn't have, you know, access, period? How would they, you know, flourish in the design field? Yeah. Yeah, come I mean, anyway, most of our stuff, like, it's so expensive. Most of the programs that we even use. Oh, yes. That's another thing as well. Designers, really, really ball in. If you could have, well, if you could have at least, you know, the proper tools to do your design work, I would say you're pretty well off. Because design tool is not cheap, man. <laughs> It's not at all. I mean, like that's. I mean, that's one of the great things about uni. It's having at least getting the student, you know, discounts yeah. or at least getting the, the student free versions for it. But like once you're out, like oh my gosh. Yeah. Like sure, maybe if you're um, you could do like uh, some mockups with like um stuff that you find or stuff that you can buy for cheap. But the compare compared to like um the stuff that you obviously do with those really really upgraded tools it's a whole different league yeah no, it definitely is but um because every guest i have them ask a question to the next guest so uh, okay the question from ivana i would ask what they do they would do if um if they're in a certain like terrible mindset like a, a really bad state of mental health or mental state and what they do to get get themselves out of it and start producing work when you need to because you know it's, it's difficult when you're in uni or you have to get something done by a deadline and you're just feeling it's like so shit that you cannot get out of bed it's difficult i want to know how people do it because i i still can't do it to be fair i play games because um the first okay the first the first and probably the most important reason that I wanted to do design is because I play a shit on video games. I just 
I am so intrigued by the stuff that I see online. I'm so intrigued by, you know, um, the content of, you know, digital world. It's just really, really cool. And I wanted to like do it myself. I want to mm-hmm. make my own, my own thing. You know, I want, I want to do it. And that pretty much inspired me to, you know, choose design as career field. So whenever I feel like down, whenever I feel like, oh man, this project's really hard, or maybe I'm just burned out, I want to take a break. Yeah. I play video games because it reminds me of the thing I like. And but there's a catch when you you know use video games as uh, a break, like a pastime. Mm-hmm. You get addicted. That's like definitely the hard part. Um, you don't. You have to control yourself so you don't get addicted. But once you look, once you realize that, once you uh, play the game and once you realize all the cool stuff that, you know, is in that game, you'll feel like you want to actually do it again. Like, I'm sure this is probably just me, but every time I play a game, I would look at the content. Like, I like FPS games. I would look like the guns, the armor, stuff like that. I would look at it. I would, I would think that, God, that's really cool. I wonder if I can make it. And at times, I would actually get really, really motivated. I would just quit the game immediately and start doing it. And what do you know? I actually made some of the stuff that I did. And they're really, they're really, really cool. Like, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, I guess the point that I'm trying to get is you just have to remind yourself, why are you doing this? Why you're, um, you know, doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And why do you love and what really, really motivated you to um, do what that, what you love, pretty much. And it's hard to, you know, get lost. It's hard to, like, lose sight of, I guess, the important things. And you feeling down is definitely a really, really um, important thing to consider as well. But remind yourself, I guess. Oh, yeah, no, because sometimes you can get, you get so bogged down or caught up in other life. things yeah like life that's kind of like in your way and so yeah no i think it's a good way of reminding what is your passion yeah um well other than that i don't know a lot of um about a lot of people but sometimes when i feel down i just um well this is probably something that i do to a lot of things like um when i'm when i'm just generally tired i would just stop like i would just uh, stop doing it like go for a nap or maybe like do something else, or well, eat. <laughs> That's like basically, I would distract myself intentionally. And once I feel like you know, um, I'm not burnt out anymore. Once I get enough rest, I would go back there. It's not. It's definitely. It sounds very simple. It sounds like really straightforward, but. That's just that. That's just the thing that works for me. I'm not sure if that works with people, but you know, if you ever feel burned out, or even if you feel burned out on like the first mistake, just stop immediately. Have a break. Because sometimes when I play games, um, for example, when I play shooting games, right, and sometimes shooting games have like rounds. So this round, if you're doing terribly, um, you get rated by your performance. And sometimes when I'm doing really bad in the first round, I would just like stop playing immediately or do something else and i'll just you know relax because i i know that i'm already burned out like yeah i shouldn't be doing something that stresses me even more yeah exactly because, like, um, taking, yeah. being able to step away from it yeah being able to step away you, you need to be able to 
realize the amount of stress that you have so you can, you know, take proper measures. Because I know a lot of people have, a lot of people have poor judgment of their stress level and they would push themselves too hard and bad things happen. So was there a question that you would like to ask your next guests at all? Anything on your mind? It could be any question, anything at all. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess if you have a choice between, you know, um, doing exactly what you love or doing this job that pays a lot of money and you'll be set for life. And, you know, if this is the opportunity that comes exactly when you're feeling down and down, like you're at your lowest point, which would you take? Mm -hmm. Because I know people just say, oh, do what I love. Because, you know, they're in sound mind, you know. But if you're really done in the dumps, your judgment will be so clouded that you would actually take the high-paying one. Hard time. And it was like, I, don't, I used to get so frustrated. Yeah, it's really hard, right? I used to get so frustrated because... Um... I used to, I was working so hard in the U.S., working full-time, and, like, me working part-time here, I was making more money. And I was just like, this is crazy. Actually? Yeah, yes. I make more money here part-time than I ever have when I worked full-time. And I was, like, I was hustling. You know, no, what? Just, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, it just, like, makes me so, like, frustrated that I was making, like, I'm making this much money here just part-time. And it's just, it's crazy. Even with the exchange rate, like, I still make more. And I'm just like, this is crazy. But, um. Well, I don't mean the exchange rate matters now because if you actually make more at a part-time job compared to a full-time job, folks, you should really, really move to Australia. I'm not saying you should cost an overpopulation, but it's really good over here. So, especially my last, my last five months, I was so incredibly unhappy. And like you said, uh, I mean, like, yeah, taking that job and just like, oh, just because of pay, like, it can just, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Sometimes. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's not worth it. <laughs> but, um, but I guess, I guess, um, you know, it's safe to say that the car condition isn't, it's not my fault. It's just COVID. It's the global pandemic. Yeah. And I'm, I, I really, really look forward to when things would like get better because, oh, I remember, um, like this was probably last month. I, I applied for this uh, full-time position mm -hmm. and I can work from home in the company mm -hmm. and I didn't get in because they definitely don't have the funds to hire me. And it was really heartbreaking. Because they, they just literally sent an email that, hi, we're really, um, you know, we're really impressed with your folio and we would really like to hire you. But as of the moment, we don't have the necessary um, resources to hire you. And I'm just like, God, like that should not happen. Like if, if you're really, really, if you're really, really the first candidate to get a job and you're the best candidate, you should be hired. You shouldn't be turned down. You spent all this time here. You don't want to give up. I mean, like what's the what's the point of doing that when you already dedicated so much time and you know what you want and going back home isn't the answer <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true thank you for joining us this week listener and huge thank you for billy for joining us this week if you're interested in car design video game design or you're looking for a amazing 3d modeler please check out billy at so guys um we're just gonna promote my LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, add me, Billy Slim. I am a design associate, and I look forward to hearing from you guys. And maybe we could do a little bit of project if you're interested in my work. New episodes come out every other Sunday slash Monday. If you have a topic, suggestion, or question, connect with Alina on Instagram and Twitter at Alina underscore podcast. 
or catch us on YouTube at Elena.